mentions inna that verily we anzalna who descended this Qur'an, we revealed this Qur'an, we sent down this Qur'an feeling that together on the night of Qadr. I mentioned before a few days ago and I'll just mention it again because there are a number of new faces today that the Qur'an al-Kareem was actually revealed twice. The first time was when it was taken down from the Lohi Mahfuz which is the preserved tablet, the ultimate record in the presence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it was descended down to the lowest of the heavens. This is what is mentioned in this ayah, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descended the Qur'an in one moment altogether from the lohi mafuz onto the lowest of heavens. This is known as inzal. And then as all of you know, the angel Jibreel brought pieces of that Qur'an down to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu in accordance with the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala over a period of 23 odd years. This is known as tanzil. So this night, the night of Lil together, how does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describe it in this Qur'an? خَيْرٌ مِنْ أَلْفِ That it is better than 1,000 months. So 1,000 months equals 83 years and 4 months. So that means that this night is actually equal to 83 years or 4 months. خَيْرٌ مِنْ أَلْفِ Actually this night is better than the ibadat of 83 years and 4 months. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows how much more khair, how much more Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can increase this night for anybody. In a hadith of Prophet this is a recording of Sunan of Ibn Majah rahimahullah, that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that he who is deprived of the good of Laylul Qadr is deprived of all good. He who is deprived of the good of the khair of Laylul Qadr is deprived of all good. Truly, only a depraved person would be deprived of all good. It means only a downtrodden, only a very weak, only a person of tremendous loss would be deprived of all good. Only a person of tremendous loss could be deprived of this night, this power of Laylul Tukadr. Now, in the Tafsir ibn Kathir, and also ibn Abi Hatim is narrated in the authority of Mujahid, that once the Prophet ﷺ was telling the Sahaba that there were some people from the Bani Israel who had very long years. And there are different hadith which mention different specific incidents. But the khulas of the sum is that he was mentioning to the Sahaba that some of the members of Bani Israel lived for hundreds and hundreds of years. At which point some of the Sahaba had hirs or had hith, it says in Arabic, that they had a desire or a longing or a wish that they too could live so long so they could spend so many years in the ibadah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And after that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then revealed this verse in which he gave the glad tidings to this ummah that although he may not have given us a lifespan of hundreds of years or thousands of years, but he has given us one such night which is equivalent or greater to the time span of 83 years and 4 months. Now when is this Laylatul Qadr? 
This is a subject that has been of great debate amongst the ulama, the mufassirin, the muhaddithin, the fuqaha In fact, there are over 50 aqwal about when this night might be. Ibn Hajar al-Sqalani, rahimahullah, in his sharah of the Sahih Bukhari, the Fathul Bari, he has listed 48 of those 50 different sayings. I'm not going to go into, I first thought I was going to actually write down and go through all 48 of them with you, but uh, there's no real need for that. Because Ibn Hajar himself at the end then says that despite all of these 48 sayings, it is the view of the Jamhur, it is the view of the majority of the ulama that this night falls in the last 10 days of the month of Ramadan. And then more so than that, then this night falls in all likelihood on one of the last, of one of the odd days of the last 10 days of the month of Ramadan, which means the 21st, the 23rd, the 25th, the 27th, and the 29th. Elsewhere, other ulama have said that of those last five odd nights, the greatest chance is, and there's some athar, some akhbar, some riwayat from some of the sahaba, that it lies on the 27th of the month of Ramadan. So Allah alam, there's a very good chance tonight might be Laylatul Qadr. There's a chance that any one of these nights of the last 10 days might be Laylatul Qadr. In the Sahih of Bukhari, a person might wonder, well, this is such an important night, why don't we know exactly which night it is? Why didn't Rasulullah tell us which night it was, whether it's the 23rd or the 25th, the 27th? Well, there's a hadith in the Sahih Bukhari that Rasulullah actually once left his house with the intention that he said that I came to inform you, O my Sahaba, about when the night of Layl Taqadr would be in the Sahih Imam Bukhari. That it had been revealed to me when this night was and I came to you with the intention to tell you which night it was but it so happened that two of our Sahaba, two of our companions, Fulan and Wafulan, and the names aren't mentioned, were arguing. We're fighting, we're in disputation. The Rufi'at, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raised up this knowledge for me. In other words, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took back this knowledge for me. And then the Prophet ended that saying with saying, perhaps there is some good in this that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. In another hadith in the Sahih of Muslim, this exact same riwayah is mentioned with a bit more detail. Sayyidina Aisha narrates that Prophet spent the middle 10 days of Ramadan in Itikaf, the Awsat, searching for the night of Layl Taqadr. And then when the last 10 days dawned upon him, he realized that he didn't find it in the middle 10 days. And when the last 10 days were about to start, then Allah SWT revealed to him when the night of Layl Taqadr would be. And then the rest of the deeds is the same that he came out to tell the Sahaba. But before he reached the Sahaba, apparently because two Sahaba had some argument with one another, some disputation with one another, Allah Taala removed that knowledge from him. So from that hadith of the Sahih Muslim, we do get the ta'een that is somewhere in the last 10 days of the month of Ramadan. And it is on the basis of this hadith that the ulama, as Ibn Hajar Asqalani said, the majority of the ulama do believe and state that the night of Layl Taqadr it falls somewhere in the last 10 days of this month of Ramadan. And that is perhaps one of the greatest things about observing the sunnah of itikaf uh, or trying to spend as much time as you can in nafil and voluntary itikaf is seeking out this night of Laylatul Qadr. Now some ulama commented that what is the benefit of this night being unknown? That if Allah Ta'ala took that knowledge back and as I mentioned in the Hadith in Sahih Bukhari also some said that maybe it is better that Allah Ta'ala did so. Well, what could be the benefits? Because surely Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the wise of all the wise ones. So the first hikmat is written, is that if this night was appointed, if we all knew which night it was, then perhaps people would just only worship on that one night, 
Whereas Allah Subhanahu wanted people to worship throughout the last ten days so they could get all the barakah, all the rahmah, or like the brother mentioned earlier, the itkum min nar the salvation, the emancipation from the hellfire that each and every one of these nights of the last ten days have to offer. The second, which is a very strange benefit, and it really reflects that we have to think about the state of our ummah, that for however many of us are in this masjid tonight, or however many of us try to spend the nights of, in ibadah, in worship in the last ten days, how many more Muslims out, are out there who are far from the deen? Who are desperately needing that somebody guide them back towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that somebody connect them back to their Lord. So the ulama write that if this night was known, well there are some people in this ummah, or probably for them they were thinking that in the future, like in our time, there will come some people in the ummah who have a difficult time leaving sin. And if they persist in committing sin, even on this night, even knowing that this is the night of the Al-Taqadr, and imagine how angry Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would be with them. All of you know that there are special times and special places for the kabuliyah, for the acceptance of du'a. For example, the masjid is a place where the du'a is accepted. After the first salah is a place where the du'a is accepted. After the recitation of the Qur'an is completed like tonight, that is a special moment when the du'a is accepted. But just like these special in Haramain Sharifain, in Makkah Mukarramah, in Medina Munawwara, in Masjid al-Nabwi, in the Masjid al-Haram, du'a is more likely to be accepted. Well, just like du'a is more likely to be accepted, good actions are looked upon more favorably in the eyes of Allah at these blessed places and at these blessed times. Just like that, if a person sins in these blessed places, if a person sins against his Lord in these blessed times, then he earns all the more the wrath and the anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So some of the ulama write that this was a rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the most sinning of his servants, that he, say, he hid this knowledge from them, because if they sin knowingly and deliberately, even on this night, then their very iman may have come into danger. And the final reason that the ulama write is that so a person's niyyah, so his intention in ibadah could remain pure, could remain khalis, that he wouldn't be worshipping on this night because it is the night of Layl Tagadr, but he would worship on this night or any of the last nights of the last ten days for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone to attain his pleasure, to attain his happiness. Now, what does this word qadr mean? Laylatul qadr. So the ulama also have many different sayings about what this word qadr means. What does it mean, the night of qadr? The night of what? What is meant by this word qadr? So the first saying, and this is the view of Imam al-Zuhri, is that qadr comes from azmat. This is the night of power, as we normally call it. The night of greatness, the night of majesty, the night of sharaf, the night of honor. And why is that? Because number one, the Qur'an was revealed in this night. So number two, because Allah says in Qur'an, تَنَزَلُ الْمَلَائِكَةُ وَالْرُوحِ That the angels... And Ruh means Jibreel al-Islam, they descend on this night. So that obviously increases the power of this night, that all of the angels, Al-Mala'ikata, Al-Islam here is for Istagraq or for Jinn, so it means all of the angels, Wal-Ruh, and Jibreel al-Islam descend on this night. So that also adds to the majesty of this night. But some other ulama say, no, that Qadr here comes from Taqdir, which means destiny. Which means this is the night at which everything is decided for a person. How much risk, how much sustenance he's going to get, how much money he's going to make, whether he's going to make umrah or hajj, whether he's going to have the tawfiq to continue in his salah, whether he's going to live or die. All the things that happen to him are written in this night. And they take a proof, a ta'id, an assistance from another verse of the Quran, Surah Dukhan, 
where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actually mentions the same night. In Surah Dukhan, which is the 44th Surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Hamim wal kitabul mubin. Inna anzalnahu fi laylatun mubarakatun. So this night is also called Laylatul Mubaraka, the blessed night. Inna kunna mundirin, fiha yufraku kullu amrin hakim. These words of the ayah, fiha yufraku kullu amrin hakim, means on this night each and everything is decided, each and everything worth anything is decided on this night. So some of them say, other than comes from takdir, that on this night everything will be decided for you. So obviously now you can see the importance of making dua on this night. That for anything that's going to happen to you in the next upcoming year, it may be decided on this night of Layl Qadr or Layl Taqdir. So is it not important that we turn to our Lord, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and ask Him to decide for us that which is better for us. Ask Him to decide for that, that which is Hassan or Ahsan or most beautiful or noble for us. The third view is that Layl Qadr means that this is the night when we do Qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of you know Allah said in the Quran, وَمَا قَدَرَ اللَّهَ حَقَّ قَدْرِهِ Allah Ta'ala chastised the humanity that they did not do qadr, they did not value Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala as they deserved to be valued. So on this night, Laylatul Qadr, by worshipping Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, by seeking His pleasure, by making His tikfar, by seeking His forgiveness, by making tawbah, by repenting to Him, at least for one night we can say we did the qadr or we tried to do the qadr or we did as much qadr as we could, we valued Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala as much as we could. And in another play of this, Sheikh Abu Bakr Warraqahimahullah said that Laylatul Qadr is called Laylatul Qadr because a person himself gets value on this night. That before this night, before he turned to Allah, did rujua to Allah in ibadah, in istighfar, in tawbah, he had no qadr, he had no value. Because he was a sinning, a najis, a filthy and impure servant. But on this night he turned to Allah and in this night he got the qadr through his repentance to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he gained value in his Lord's eyes. He became pleasing in his Lord's eyes. So Laylatul Qadr means the night that we can make ourselves from insignificant nothings. We can increase our Qadr, our value in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through our ibadah. So the amal that we do tonight, any action, any act of worship that anybody is tonight, if it is Laylatul Qadr or whenever it is Laylatul Qadr, that means that the action you do on that night is better than that same action if you did it every single night for 83 years and 4 months. In other words, if you pray two rakat nafal on that night of Layl Tukadr, it is better than even, or carries more reward than even if you pray two rakat nafal salah for 83, every single night consecutively for 83 years and 4 months. That is the power of this night. You can, can think of it as a multiplier effect. That each and everything that you do gets multiplied this night by a factor of 83 years and 4 months. So it comes in hadith that Rasulullah used to be very excessive in his ibadat in the last 10 days of the month of Ramadan. So much so that he would either stay up the whole night or he would stay up or almost all of the night. In another hadith, and this is narrated by Abu Huraira, the Prophet said that that person who stands in the night of Qadr in a state of Iman, that all of his sins are forgiven. And here this word qiyam, this word standing, refers to not just salah, but to tilawah, to dhikr, to du'a, to istighfar, to anything that you do. If you find this night and you turn to Al-Fatal sincerely in repentance, actually this is a night of tawbah, a night of repenting from all of your sins, a night of reconciliation, a right of joining yourself back with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
And Alame bin Hajjah Makki al-Shafi said that when nights like this are so powerful, then their power transforms the days as well. And a person should not just try to spend the night of Laylatul Qadr in Ibadah, but the day also has the residual effect of that power or that greatness or that barakah in it. So he should try to spend the entire day in a state of Ibadah also. Now, there's one hadith which says that there is one type of person who will not be forgiven on this Laylatul Qadr. Ya Allah, this night of majesty, this night of power, when all of the angels plus Jibril have descended into this world, what do they bring? Salam, peace and blessings and barakah. And still there will be somebody who won't be forgiven? Rasulullah said, yes, it will be that person who has bughaz, has ghil, has enmity, spite, malice, hatred, envy, jealousy for his fellow Muslim. When the two brothers say that they don't wish to speak, when the mother and the daughter-in-law don't like one another, when two old friends break apart, when one person thinks about the other, I wish he didn't exist. I don't want to see his face. I wish he would not be on the face of this earth. Anybody who has this malice or hatred or spite towards his fellow Muslim, then his heart, his, his sins will not be forgiven on this night. So it means, my friends, that if we wish to avail ourselves of the power, we must take ourselves out of this category we must forgive all those people. Even if we have some rightful or some ja'is, some permissible reason for being angry with them, on this night we should forgive them. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa said that be forgiving to one another, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be forgiving to you. Accept the excuses, another hadith, accept the excuses of one another, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will accept your excuses on the Day of Judgment. So it means on this night we should first forgive each and every one for anything and everything that they may have done for us and make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that they also may forgive us. That our hukukul ibad may also be forgiven. That we might find the tawfiq, the ability and success before we pass away from this world to find each and every person or contact them and ask them to forgive us for any of their rights that we may have repressed or transgressed. Once Musa alayhi salam, it comes in a date that once Musa alayhi salam asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that, oh Allah, which person are you pleased with? Tell me about what is the type of person that is pleasing to you. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Ya Musa, I am pleased with that person who is pleased with me. I am pleased with that person who is pleased with my decree for him. That he is happy with me in whatever state I keep in. He who is pleased with me, I am pleased with him. So it means this night also is not a night of shikwa or a night of complaint. It is a night to express our gratitude towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for how much He may have given us in the previous year. Our night to ask Allah ta'ala that we always remain pleased with Him and He always remains pleased with us. In another hadith, the Prophet said that that person who is pleased with what little Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives him. In other words, this hadith is about those people who have maybe financial difficulty. They have a small amount of risk, a small amount of sustenance in this world. The Prophet said in this hadith, that that person who is pleased with a little bit of risk in this world, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be pleased with him with a little bit of a'mal, a little bit of good deeds on the Day of Judgment. So in this night, this is the night of mercy. Now there's a very interesting story that Allah Qurtubi rahimahullah recites, um, mentions in his tafsir. 
It's one of the famous Imams of Tafsir, Imam Al-Qurtubi, he was the Imam of Andalus of the Islamic Spain. And he has written one of the most famous tafsir, one of the famous commentaries on the Qur'an. And he writes a very beautiful thing, a beautiful passage, which is really what this whole night is about. Because this night is about Qur'an and Tawbah. This night is about the relationship between Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's and sending us this blessed book as a means of hidayah, as a means of guidance, and the rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, His mercy that He accepts our Tawbah. So what is it that Imam Qurtubi writes in his tafsir? He writes that once somebody asked Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu, that, oh Abu Bakr, which ayah in the Qur'an brings you the most hope? Which ayah in the Qur'an when you need it? And exactly this night is a night of hope. This night is when we turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in yearning and hope and beg Him to forgive us for our sins. So the ask Sayyidina Abu Bakr that which ayah in the Qur'an gives you the most hope about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, makes you think the most about His mercy and His repentance. So Sayyidina Abu Bakr Shariq said that this ayah gives me the most hope. I feel that there is the most rahmah in this ayah. Kul, kulun ya'man wala sa'akhila. That say, everybody does amal according to their own sha'an, according to their own dispensation. In other words, everybody acts according to his own status, according to his own ability. So then the person asked Sayyidina Abu Bakr, said, well, how is it that this ayah gives you hope? So Sayyidina Abu Bakr said that when people do everything according to their ability, so if this ayah should apply to Allah subhanahu wa himself, then that means we can make dua to Allah subhanahu wa that, Oh Allah, we did amal according to our own temperament, according to our own ability. We acted according to our own ability. Oh Allah, you are our hamar rahimin. Allah subhanahu wa rahmat befits you. Mercy befits you, to forgive befits you. So if everybody acts in a manner that is befitting to him, then oh Allah, the cloak of your mercy is wide, your rahmat is wasiya, your mercy is all-encompassing. Allah Ta'ala, we beg of you to ask us as befits your shan, as befits your dignity, Allah Ta'ala be merciful towards us. So Sayyidina Abu Bakr took sukoon, took sakina, took ease and contentment and tranquility from this ayah that he thought Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala will treat us in a state of mercy. Then Imam Al-Qurtubi continues that somebody asked Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu that which ayah gives you the most feeling of mercy? Which ayah gives you the most hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So Sayyidina Umar radiallahu recited this ayah غَافِرِ الظَّنْبِ وَقَابِلِ التَّوْبِ شَدِيدُ الْإِقَابِ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the forgiver of sins قَابِلِ التَّوْبِ The acceptor of tawbah was شَدِيدُ الْإِقَابِ and is strict and terrible and mighty in his punishment. But he said, Sayyidina Umar said that I get peace from this because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put his forgiving and his repenting nature first. He first said, Ghafir al-Dhanbi, meaning if anybody does this far, if anybody seeks my forgiveness, I will forgive him. Waqabal al-Tawmi, that if anybody repents unto me, I will accept it. So that shadid al-Ikam, the punishment is only for those people who fail to make istighfar and tawbah. So Sayyidina Umar said that because we are an Ummah of Istighfar and Tawbah, that's why I have Umid, I have hope in Al-Sumatana that he will forgive us for our sins and accept our Tawbah. Then Imam al continues that somebody asked Sayyidina Uthman radiallahu anhu, that which I in the Qur'an gives you the most hope for Allah's mercy. So Sayyidina Uthman quoted this ayah where Al-Sumatana tells the Prophet Muhammad Nabi ibadi anni anul ghafurur rahim that oh my beloved messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam nabi ibadi tell my servants tell my servants anni that verily I am anul ghafurur rahim I'm the most forgiving I'm the most merciful one <coughs> so Sayyidina Uthman even explain this why does this give him hope 
he said, because you know Osman al-Ghani, radiallahu this was his sifat, he used to be so generous, he used to give so much. So he said, whenever I want to donate money, whenever I want to give sadaqah, I just make an i'lan, I make an announcement that I want to give sadaqah, I make that announcement, and then I know people are just going to come and take the sadaqah. Well, here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made an announcement by saying, Nabi, inform everybody that I am a ghafoor rahim that I am the most forgiving, the most merciful. So Allah is making an announcement about His forgiving nature, His merciful nature, so people will just come and drink from the wells of His mercifulness and His forgiveness. Then Imam al-Qurtibrahim Allah continues, that somebody asks Sayyidina Ali Karamallahu Waju, what is the ayah in the Qur'an that gives you the great most hope, gives you the most feeling of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So Sayyidina Ali Radhanallah uh, responded, Qul, Ya ibadi alladheena asrafu ala anfusihim, la taqnatu min rahmatillah, inna allaha yakfiru dhanuba jami'ah, that, oh, my beloved Master Sassam, a'innahu huwal ghafuru rahim. So what is this ayah? Kul ya ibadi alladheena asrafu ala anfusihim. So this ayah is addressed to alladheena asrafu ala anfusihim, which means those people who commit israf, those people who wrong their own souls. It means the people of sin, the people of deceit, the people of self-delusion, the people of self-deception, the people of transgression, the people who knowingly, willingly, repeatedly break the commandments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and sin against the sunnah of the beloved messenger sallallahu This is who is being addressed. What did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say to them? Do not despair of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you feel that you've fallen so low in your sin, you've fallen in such a rut, you are depressed about your spiritual state, you don't know how to escape your way of sin. La Do not ever despair of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But Allah didn't stop there for more taqeed, for more emphasis. He said, Inna Allaha yakfiru dhunuba jami'ah. That know that verily, certainly, definitely, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives al-dhunuba jami'ah. Forgives each and every single one of the sins that you may have committed. Then Allah did not stop there. Innahu al rahim. That know that verily he is al rahim. But even that's how you end the ayah. The real nukta, the real beauty is how Allah started the ayah. That he addressed these al-ladina asrafu ala anfusim and said, Ya ibad. He called them ibad. He didn't expel them from the ranks of servants. He said, Oh you who have oppressed yourselves, know that you are still amongst the ibad, the ibadillah the servants and slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And not just that, but he said, Ya ibadi, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala used the Ya Nisbat and said that not only you are still amongst the rank of servants, O you who have sinned against yourselves, who may have spent the entire year sinning, know that ibadi, you are still my servants. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will never divorce the people of Iman, will never exclude the people of Iman from his servanthood and slavehood. So Sayyidina Ali karamallahu wajhu, said that this ayah gives me the hope of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that when I read this ayah, this verse of the Qur'an, I'm amazed, look at the khitab, the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses us, with so much rahmah, with so much love, with so much mercy, how can anybody read these ayat, that the Khulafai Rashidin Rahimullah took uh, so much benefit from, how can anybody reflect on these ayah, but fail to turn automatically to the mercy, and the forgiving nature of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then one step further, that one might 
that Allah Allah. In his tafsir after mentioning this, says that I myself, Imam al Qurtubi, Mufassir al Quran, after mentioning these ayah, says that I, Imam Qurtubi, myself have an ayah. That when I read this ayah, when I read this verse of the Quran, I am inclined towards the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he said, What is that ayah? He said, that This ayah is as follows Allah dina amanu, walam yalbisu imanuhum bidulmin. Allah dina amanu, those people who believe, those people who entered Islam, those people who prefaced the kalima la ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa with their tongue. وَلَمْ يَلْبِسُوا إِمَانُهُمْ بِذُلْمٍ And they do not adorn their iman with dhulm, with kufr. In other words, they do not fall back into kufr or shirk. They do not fall back into disbelief or idol worship. أُولَٰئِكَ لَهُمُ الْأَمْنُ وَهُمْ مُحْتَدُونَ That for them is the aman, is, for them is the peace. وَهُمْ مُحْتَدُونَ And they are the rightly guided ones. So Imam Al-Qurtubiyyumullah said that well, all of us are people of iman. And that means as long as we don't fall back into kufr or shirk, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give us the aman, will give us the hidayah, will give us peace, will give us guidance. So it means I turn to the mercy of Allah, it means He will forgive everything except kufr and shirk. So when I first studied this under my shaykh, Sheikh Zulfiqar Amman, and he first recited this in front of me, after reciting the sayings of Sayyidina Abu Bakr, Sayyidina Umar, Sayyidina Uthman and Sayyidina Ali Radha Ajma'in and then presenting the verse of Imam Al-Qurti then he said that he himself had found a special ayah where he felt a special umid or hope for the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the ayah that Mashaykh mentioned was this, bijihala. <laughs> a strange ayah. The innama tawbatu, that tawbah is alone in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allahi. Those who know Arabic know that the sila Allah comes through luzum. It means wajibun Allah. Allah zimmatillah. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taken it upon himself. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made tawbah. In other words, accepting tawbah mandatory upon himself. Innama tawbatu alallahi. For who? لِلَّذِينَ يَأْمَلُونَ سُوءَ بِجِهَالَةٍ That Allah has made tawbah mandatory upon Himself for those people يَأْمَلُونَ سُوءَ who commit sin, who commit error, who commit su, who commit ugliness بِجِهَالَةٍ in a state of ignorance. Because the Mufassirin write here that بِجِهَالَةٍ doesn't just mean that you committed a sin unknowingly or you didn't know it was a sin but the Mufassirin actually wrote here that when a person falls in what they call غَلَبَةُ nafs. That his nafs overpowers him. His carnal desires, his lust overtakes him. Such that he's unaware of what he's doing. He's unable to stop himself. He's unable to control himself. They said that's dakhl fi jihala, that's included in ignorance. So that means that when that person commits sin, when he's overpowered by his nafs, but then he remembers his Lord and he turns to his Lord in forgiveness and asks Allah SWT to forgive him, then Allah Ta'ala said in Quran that tawbah is mandatory upon Allah SWT for such people. And my friends, I have also in my life found an ayah that has always given me the hope of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it is very short, but it is very sweet. Inna allaha yuhibbut tawabin. That verily Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yuhibbut tawabin, He loves. Is it the muttaqeen, the people of taqwa? Is it the salihin, the people who remain righteous? Is it the zakirin, the people who remember Him in all times? Is it the sabirin, the people who have sabr, have patience? Is it the shakirin, the people who are grateful or thankful to Allah? No. Allah said in this ayah at least, 
tawamin that Allah Ta'ala loves the people of Tawbah. SubhanAllah. So it means that a sinner, no matter how deep his sin goes, because the doors of Tawbah are open to him until the moment of death, no matter how deep a sinner is, the door to being, not just accepted by Allah, not just forgiven by Allah, but the door to becoming the beloved of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the mahboob of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is always open until the moment he be death, and that door is called Baba Tawbah. In fact, it comes in hadith, that of all the abwab of Jannah, there is one bomb that is open all the time, that never closes for a single moment, and that is known as Baba Tawbah, the door of repentance. Inna Allaha yuhibbat tawabin That verily Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves He grants his mahbubiyyah He makes him his beloved The people of Tawbah And verily Prophet Muhammad also said in the hadith At-ta'ibu habibullah That the person who makes Tawbah and repents to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, Becomes the beloved of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala So it means in order to do Tawbah You must have done sins So through this is the power of Allah's mercy that through the path of sin, if you process that sin through soba, you end up becoming the beloved of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Inna Allaha yuhibbat tawabin. My friends, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so many ayat, if such great people as Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu, all these great names that I mentioned, if all of them felt the power of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when in our reality, if you look at their lives, they may have spent years without any sin. Sheikh Ahmed Sahindiri Mullah writes in his Maktubat, Imam Rabbani Mujal Al-Fasani Mullah writes in his Maktubat that there have been some people in this Ummah who have passed that the angel who writes bad deeds did not have an opportunity to write anything for 20 years. So there will be people like that on the Day of Judgment. People who live such pure and utterly pure lives. Sheikh Abul Hassan Al-Khaqani Rahimullah, he writes in one of his books that that person who spends one day in his life in which he is able to stay away from sin, it is as if he spent that day in the company of the Prophet Muhammad For those of us who didn't have the ability to meet Prophet just live a day of your life without sin, it will be counted as if you spent one day in the suhbat, in the company of Rasulullah according to the shit. And there will be people like that. Like I said, there will be people like that who spent 20 years. But tonight, on this night of power, this night of qadr, where we, do, we try to do the value of Allah, we try to put some value back into our humanity. Where we pray to Allah Ta'ala to fix our decree, to save our destiny. This is a night of Tawbah where we turn to Allah Ta'ala in repentance. In fact, Shaykh Asraf Ali Allah writes a very interesting in his book. He says that when you should make du'a, to, if nothing else, if nothing else, the benefit of making du'a, which du'a? Making du'a to Allah that, oh Allah, make me righteous. Oh Allah, make me pious. Oh Allah, make me one who follows the Qur'an, Sunnah, and Sharia. Oh Allah, let me leave the sin that I cannot rid myself of. If nothing else, the benefit of making du'a is on the Day of Judgment, Shaykh Ashraf Ta'ala writes, that on the Day of Judgment, when you stand before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and He wishes to call you to account for your sins, you can say, Ya Allah, but at least I used to make du'a to you, that Allah, you fix me, that you change me, that you save me from these bad habits, and Allah Ta'ala will ask the angels, and the angels will say, yes, the servant used to make du'a to you, Allah, that Allah, you keep him away from the sin, that you make him amongst the salihin. So just on the basis of that, maybe Allah will forgive us. This is the power of du'a. And this is why beloved Messenger Sallallahu said in the hadith, al-du'a'u-mukhul ibadah, that du'a is the marrow, is the essence, is the lubi lubab, is the core of our ibadah, of our worship. So this is a night of istighfar, a night of tawbah, a night of du'a.
but Tawbah has some conditions. Allah said in the Quran, Tubu illallahi tawbatan nasuha, that you should, Ya ayyuhalladina amanu tubu illallahi tawbatan nasuha, that all you who believe, you must make Tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, a sincere, a firm, and established Tawbah. So, Faqih Abu Laytha Samarqandi rahimahullah, one of the greatest Islamic jurists, one of the Arif Billah, one of the great knowers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, writes that there are four signs of Tawbah. If we understand these signs tonight, and we adopt them tonight in our dua, in our niyyah, in our intention, that perhaps we may be included amongst the people of Tawbah tonight. So the first sign of a person that his Tawbah is sincere, is very simply, that you have a niyyah that you will never do that sin again. Now it sounds very simple, but it's something a lot of us don't do. A lot of us when we sin, or even at the moment of making Tawbah, we still have deep down some intention that we're going to still do that same sin again. So at the very least, don't have itimad, don't depend on your ability to stay away from that sin. If you look at our ability to stay away from sin, then truly you won't be able to make this intention that I'm never going to do it again. Look rather at the rahmah, the power, at the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when He said He accepts your Tawbah, and surely His acceptance means that He will keep you ka'im da'im, He will keep you perpetually established on that Tawbah. If you look to the Zat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then you will have this hope that, Ya Allah, I am confident that with your help, through your mercy, truly, I will never return to that sin again. And this is another hadith that I mentioned probably earlier when I, in, this, in, the, in these days of itikaf. That there will be a person on the day of judgment who is raised before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In such a state that he always made tawbah. Uh, he kept sinning and then he would make tawbah. And then he would fall into the same sin again and he would make tawbah again. And he lived in his entire life between these two states. Falling into the same sin, repenting of that sin, falling into the same sin, repenting of that sin. So the angels will bring him before Allah and in the hadith it says, Allah will look at him and say that he persisted in sin. But the angels will say, but this servant of yours, he also persisted in making tawbah. So Allah will say, well if shaitan and the nafs were unrelenting in making him commit sin, at the very least, my servant himself was unrelenting in making his tawbah, was unrelenting in reaching out to me. So on this day, my angels know that I have forgiven him for his unrelenting tawbah. So it means our tawbah, we should be unrelenting in our tawbah. And truly, this is how we should address ourselves. That if my nafs doesn't give up on me, if shaitan doesn't give up on me, why should I give up on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Why should I give up on the tawbah that I make? So a person should make tawbah over and over again. In fact, there was a story of two young men who were having a disagreement. And an old man was walking by and they called him over and said, Oh old man, can you come and clear up our disagreement? And he saw that there were students of knowledge, talaba, students of ilm. And he said to them, my young friends, I'm no scholar of the deen that I can clear up your disagreement. But tell me what you're saying, maybe through my own experience, my own wisdom of age, I can guide you. And they said, Oh old man, we are disagreeing about the following. We are disagreeing about who is more beloved in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that person who never committed sins at any time in his life, or that person who committed sin but then made tawbah and joined himself back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is our, this is our disagreement. So the old man said, that young man, I can't tell you for sure because I'm not an alim, but based on my experience I can offer you something. That I am a weaver. I weave tapestries on a loom. And as I weave those tapestries, I follow all the different threads, the different yarns. Well, when one of those yarns breaks, then I go back quickly, see where the break occurred, and I tie it back, 
But then always throughout, as I continue to weave, I always keep my special gaze, my nazare khas, my special gaze on that thread or that yarn that broke, lest it break again. So my friends, maybe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts his special rahmah on that servant of his who sinned against his commands, broke away from him, but through tawbah joined back. It seems to me that Allah puts his special gaze on him and watches him for the rest of his life to make sure he doesn't break again. So this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's rahmah upon us. If you make tawbah, if you ask Allah to put you in his hifazah, truly he is al-hafiz, al-hafiz, he is the one who preserves us and takes care of us. So the first sign of true tawbah then, is that we have to make sure that we make this intention, no matter how weak we might think we are, that we will never commit that sin again. The second condition for true tawbah, is what I already mentioned, is that we have to forgive all others for the sake of Allah. We have to remove all the grudges that we have. Allah mentions in the Quran, وَآفِينَ عَنِ النَّاسِ So this is for all of humanity. Not just for the Muslims, or Muslim sisters or brothers who may have wronged us. وَآفِينَ عَنِ النَّاسِ This is the sifat of the mu'mineen, that they are forgiving, they are kind towards all of humanity. So forgive each and every person for each and everything they may have ever done to you. So on this night you may get the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In fact there is a story some Mashaikh tell of an old man who was at Hajj. And he was at Mina and somebody came and stole his wallet. And when somebody came and stole his wallet and then they saw that that thief ran away. Later on when some people caught up with that thief they found that that thief had lost his eyesight. So they went back to that old man and said, that, Oh, old man, why did you make, uh, why did you make bad du'as, they say? Why did you complain against that thief to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And that old man said, I didn't do anything. In fact, the second he stole my wallet, I forgave him immediately. I hold nothing against that man who took my wallet. And so the people were surprised and they said, Oh, old man, he took your wallet. In a time of hajj, when you're musafir, when you're a traveler, when you have so much need of your money, and you forgave him immediately, right there on the spot? He said, yes. And they said, why? And he said that I heard in a hadith that my Prophet Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wasallam, on the day of judgment, he is going to tell Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that, Ya Allah, I will not go into Jannah until you do the hisab, the kitab, until you do the muhasaba, take to account all the members of my ummah. So but after I heard this hadith, I made it my intention, my habit, that I forgive everybody for everything the second it happens. Because if I didn't forgive that person for taking my wallet, then on the day of judgment there would be a case that would be presented before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The longer my case went, the longer it would delay my mahbu, my beloved Prophet to enter the Jannah. Because I don't want to be a means of delaying Rasulullah in entering Jannah. I forgive everybody all the cases. So look at also the rahmah of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. How much dua, how much fikr he used to make for us. It comes in hadith when Prophet was shown on the mi'raj. On that night where he was exalted, and that's a separate topic for another time, but on the Isra and mi'raj where Rasulullah sallallahu was exalted beyond any creation ever to existed, where he got to go to the close company of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, where even Jibreel alayhi was left behind. But on the way, as those of you who know the story, on the way, Jibreel Islam showed Rasulullah the stages or the states of different Muslims in hell. So that is also how we know from Sahih Hadith that there will be Muslims who go through the hellfire. Mufti Muhammad Shafi used to say that there are two fires through which a person can make his tawbah. 
uh, there are two fires through which a person can reach the heavens. The first is through the fire of Tawbah, the fire of his tears. If he cries in this world and he burns his heart with the flame of Tawbah, then he will be able to enter Jannah directly. And if he fails to do so, if he dies in a state where he has some sins which he hasn't asked Allah to forgive him, then he will have to be purified in the hellfire in order to enter Jannah. Just like the goldsmith purifies the gold from its impurities by sticking it in the fire, just like that, the hearts of the sinning believers of this ummah will be placed into the hellfire so that they are made pure, so that they become Kalbin Salim, so they are pure enough, worthy enough for being presented to Allah Taala in, in Jannah. Ah, so Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa when he saw this, when he saw the states of the Muslims in, in Jahannam, when this was revealed to him, when he eyewitnessed, he had mushahida. Jibril showed him that the backbiting Muslims are going to have this punishment, the arrogant Muslims are going to have this punishment, the Muslims who commit zina, and it's mutlaq there, Allahu alam probably means zina bil af'al, but it could mean zina with the eyes as well. They're going to get this punishment. So despite getting such an honorific rank, he should have been so pleased after the mirage because of he saw the state of his ummah, that the ummah is going to be punished. Some members of the ummah will be in hellfire. When the Prophet came back to earth, he was actually sad. He was actually sad for days. And then for some days, after he, after initial one or two days, when he met with the Sahaba, then he went to a period of reclusion. And he would not meet the Sahaba for a number of days. And the Sahaba kept asking, finally saying, the Umar went and asked, they asked the Azwaj Mutahara, the noble Ummahatul Mu'mineen, the mothers of the believers to go and ask. And the reason Prophet was so sad, because he was crying all night, Sayyidina Ashurullah says, all night for the sake of his Ummah, making du'a for the future members of his Ummah, the sitting members of his Ummah who would earn this hellfire, the members of Ummah he had seen on that night of Isra Miraj. Look how much du'as Prophet used to make for us. If nothing else motivates us to leave sin, we should think that Rasulullah wasallam used to spend the night crying for our sake, for the sake of the sinning servants of this ummah, that we would leave our sins. If nothing else, we owe it to the Prophet Muhammad wasallam for the incredible sacrifices that he did for this ummah. Once Prophet was in the haram, and some young men of the kuffar, they took a chance and they saw that he was alone, and he was praying in the haram. So when he went down in sajda, they took a carcass of it, camel and they put it over his back. So he became crushed under the weight of the carcass of that camel. Now a couple of the Sahaba were told and they came and they dragged that carcass off. Then what happened was because the Kuffar of Makkah were more at that time, so they started to attack the Prophet Muhammad They started to pull at him, they started to throw rocks at him, such that some of them threw something at his face. It comes in a date that some wounds came from his face in which some blood came out. When he went back to his home, when eventually they gave up, and he went back to his home, he went back to his daughter Zainab. Sayyidina Zainab, she had heard from somebody that Prophet was coming and he's been wounded. So she quickly got together a bowl of water so that Rasulullah could wash away his wounds. So when he went to his daughter Zainab, she offered him the water. Prophet lifted up the bowl of water to wash his wounds. And in the reflection of the water, in the surface of the water, he saw his daughter Zainab and he saw that Sayyidina Zainab was crying. When he saw that Sayyidina Zainab was crying, he put the water down. He did not tend to his wounds. Look what gives Prophet some sukoon at this moment. Look what is about to give him tranquility at this moment. Look what is about to give peace to the heart of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam when his own people, his own relatives, his own city of Mecca, the city he loves so much, 
They had ostracized him. They attacked him. They had punished him. They had wounded him. They had hurt him. They had made him bleed. He did not took the water to clean his wounds. But he looked to Sayyidina Zainab and he said that, Oh Zainab, why is it that you cry? Know that the message with which Allah has sent me to this earth in the name of that being in whose hand is my life. I swear to you, O Zainab, that, that this message, this mission, will one day spread to the four corners of the world. Now who was that who Prophet was taking hope in? Who are those four corners of the world except here in America? Except the Muslims from Africa and Pakistan and Asia and India and America and Malaysia and all over the world. It means that Prophet at that moment, when he had so much difficulty, so much opposition, he was taking hope in you and me. He was taking hope that one day Islam would spread to the four corners of the world, that one day people like you and me would be Muslim. Can we not live up to the hopes of Rasulullah Should we let him down by persisting in our life of sin? By violating, by sacrificing, by breaking his sunnahs every day? This is the rahmat al-alameen. He has so much love for us. In fact, in one hadith it comes, then Prophet became so sad, so sad about the prospect of the punishment of the members of his ummah in Jahannam, once Jibreel is he said, Oh Jibreel, can you ask Allah subhanahu wa one thing for me? And Jibreel says, Ya Rasulullah Labaik, even the angels used to say Labaik to the And he said, that, Can you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that if Allah ta'ala allows it, can he let me go to Jahannam for my believers? Can he add up all the time that all the sinners of my believers left to spend in Jahannam? I alone, Rasulullah will go into Jahannam for that time. Ask Allah Ta'ala please to let my believers go to Jannah. Ya Allah, Ya Kareem. This is the meaning of Rahmatullah Alameen. This is the Ummah that we are made of. Khair al-Ummah. Why are we Khair al-Ummah? It's not because of us that we're Khair. It's because we're Ummah al-Rahmatullah Alameen. Because we're the Ummah of the Khair al-Nabi, of the best Nabi, of the best human being, of the best of creation. Look at this Rahmah, look at this mercy. And still we fail to follow his sunnahs. Still we fail to celebrate his seerah. Still we fail to uphold his message and his mission. Ya Allah, Ya Alhamdulillah Rahimeen. What is this deen that we have been given? This magical deen of rahmah. Allah is Alhamdulillah Rahimeen. Rasul is Rahmatullah Alameen. This book is a book of rahmah. This month is a month of rahmah. This night is a night of rahmah. This masjid is a place of rahmah. We are but drowning in the oceans of rahmah. The oceans of Allah's mercy. Why do we not seek to avail ourselves? Why do we not turn to that mercy? The third condition of Tawbah. The third condition of Tawbah is that a person detach himself. Listen to this condition carefully. That the person detach himself from the Fasik. That if you really wish to repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, why do you keep keeping the company of the people who sin? Why do you still go to the gatherings, the parties, the mixed parties of sin? If you wish to repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, sincerely leave the places of sin, leave the people of sin. Do we not say in our dua, every night, Ya Allah, I promise, I pledge to you that I will do khala, I will isolate myself, I will seclude, seclude myself. And I will reject, I will repudiate the person who is, uh, disobeys you. We pledge this every night in our dua, and every day we go contrary to that. So the third condition of tawbah is mentioned that we must leave those people of sin. Leave that young man who takes you to the party. Leave that young man who teases you and says, what's the point of going to the masjid? Leave those people who tease you and say, what's the point of following the sunnah? Leave those people who tease you and say, why do you always go to the masjid for jama'at? 
Leave all of those people. Leave those women who tease you and say, why do you wear hijab? Leave those women who tease you and say, why do you observe farda? وَنَخْلَعُوا وَنَتْرُكُوا مَنْ يَفْجُرُكُ وَنْأَحَمَّ لِلَّهِ وَأَمْغَزَ لِلَّهِ This is the way of our deen, that we love for the sake of Allah and we reject and repudiate people for the sake of Allah. Even though we might be kind with them when we meet them, we might deal with them with the most of other, but we must leave them. In fact, Imam Ghazali in his book, Ihyal Muddin said, that the bad friend is worse than a snake. Ajee? The bad friend is worse than a snake. Why? Because he said when the snake stings you, it take, he poisons you and he sends you to the mouth of death. But when the bad friend stings you, he will send you into the mouth of hellfire. And then he took it one step further, Imam Allah, and he said that the bad friend is worse than shaitan. How is that? Ya Allah, worse than shaitan? He said, yes. Because shaitan only whispers the thought of sin in your mind. Whereas the bad friend, the bad girlfriend, the bad boyfriend, she will invite you to sin. He will pressure you to sin. He will not rest content. He will take your hand and lead you into sin. He will not leave you until he sees you involve yourself in that sin. So the bad friend is worse than a servant. The bad friend is worse than shaitan. And the fourth and final condition for tawbah is that a person should make good a'mal. A person should not only ask Allah to forgive him, but he should try to please his Lord by making more and more good deeds. He should try to please his Lord in a way that is according to his sin. The ulama write that if a person, for example, drank alcohol, and he does repentance from that, he should try to see to it that he feeds, uh, feeds or gives, uh, gives uh, water to the thirsty. If a person misdirected his gaze, if that was a person's sin that he couldn't control his gaze, then he should now try to worship his Lord by looking at those things that are ibadah to look at. To look at the Qur'an, to look at the Kaaba, to look at the face of your parents with love comes in a hadith that that is ibadah. It comes in a hadith when the husband and wife look at each other with love, then Allah looks at them with love. So to use your eyes for those things that Allah wished. To do a'mal that compensate for the sins that you did. So these are the four conditions of tawbah mentioned by Fakih Abu Laytha Samarkandi Rahimahullah. There is much more one could go on about this topic of Toba. This topic of Toba is a story that never ends. I will just conclude with one last story from the time of Sayyidina Hassan al-Basri, the famous Tabi, the follower of the Sahaba Ikram, as I mentioned to you before, he was such a great Tabi, such a great follower that Sayyidina Ali Karamallahu Waju, in the time of his Khalafah, when he was Khalifa, Sayyidina Ali commanded, O Hassan al-Basri, you must give the Dars of Quran in the Jamia Masjid of Kufa. So Sayyidina Hassan Basri used to give the Dars of Quran in such a big masjid, it is recorded in the books that thousands and thousands of people used to attend his Dars. And at night it comes in the book that he used to have a special mehful, which they call mehful al-khaz, and we used to teach people the science of purification of tazkiyah. So Sheikh Hassan al-Basri was the sheikh of his time. At-Tabi, Khayr al-Qurun, from amongst the noblest of generations. So among his many students, there was an old woman. A woman, she had become widowed, and she had only one son. Now when this woman, she lost her husband, she thought that maybe she should get married, but then she made, she made the de- decision that she would not get married again, but rather she would devote all her time to raising up her one only son. But unfortunately, this son, he became distant from the deen. He started to do things that were against the wishes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He started to leave the sunnahs of the beloved messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Even in such a noble time, it comes that this young man 
fell into the way of sin, fell into the way of zina, fell into bad company, became one of the downtrodden, the most infamous, the notorious young men of his time. But this mother, she, the mother was a pious woman, and she would always go to Shaykh Hassan al-Basrahimullah and ask him to make dua for her son. And sometimes she would beg and plead with her son that, Oh my son, why don't you come and just sit in the dars or in the gathering, in the mehfil, in the majlis of Shaykh Hassan al-Basri. Perhaps something will rub off on you. And sometimes she even convinced her son to go and meet Hassan al-Basri individually. And she would tell Shaykh Hassan al-Basri that, Oh my son, he's come to make tawbah. But every time Shaykh Hassan al-Basri would try to explain to him, would try to convince him, to try to bring him back to the deen, he would just listen, but he would go back to his old ways. Well, sooner or later, short enough, his ways caught up with him. And even in the young age, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala afflicted him with a terrible illness. He became so sick, so ill, it was evident to all that his death was close. Now, when he reached this state, his mother was crying so much, so worried about her son, her son who had failed to make toba. But all of a sudden, perhaps because of the sickness, the son's eyes opened. And he looked up to his mother and said, Oh, mother, now I realize that you spoke truly, I realize how despicable I must be in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he afflicted this terrible sickness upon me in young age. So, oh my mother, now I wish to make tawbah, I wish somehow before I die, I wish to ask Allah to forgive me for my sins, but because I don't know how to make tawbah, oh my mother, can you go to that shaykh you always used to mention, can you go to Shaykh Hassan al-Basri, and can you ask him to come here and accept my tawbah? Imagine the happiness of this mother when she heard these words from her son. That her son for so many years had been a means of disappointment, had a means of test for her. Allah Ta'ala had accepted her dua. Allah Ta'ala had opened up the paths of hidayah to him. Allah Ta'ala had put in his heart to make a tawbah. So as she got up to go, all of a sudden her son stopped her and said, Oh my mother, I don't even know if I will remain alive until you have time to go and come back. So in case I pass away before you come back, and when you go, make sure you ask Shaykh Hassan al-Basri that if you would lead the Salat al-Janazah, if you would lead the funeral prayer over me. So the mother, she went, and you can imagine, she hop, skip, and jumped her way to Shaykh Hassan al-Basri. She knocked on the door. When he heard a knock on the door, he said, that, who is there? And she said, oh, I'm so-and-so, your student. He opened the door and said, oh, woman, what has brought you to me at this hour? Do you not know that this is the hour at which I prepare for my dars of Qur'an in the masjid? And she said, that, oh, Shaykh, yes. But I wanted to bring you the good news that my son has decided to repent of his ways, that he wants to make tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and he has sent me to ask you, to plead with you, to come and accept this tawbah. And he also said that in case you pass away, O Shaykh Hassan Basri, before you come, that he wants you to lead the janazah, the funeral prayer over him. So Shaykh Hassan Basri said that, O oh woman, how many times will your son fool you? Do you not know I've tried so many times to explain to your son the error of his ways? Every time you make me come there and I give my valuable time to him, I tell him to repent, he always goes back to his old ways. Oh woman, how long will you let your son keep breaking your heart? How long will you take away from my precious time? Know that I'm too busy at this moment to come to you. I have to prepare for my lesson of the Quran. As-salamu alaykum. And, he said that. and then he said, that, and then the woman said, as far as for the janazah, oh Shaykh, well then you at least agree to pray janazah over him. And he said, oh woman, you know, and this was Shaykh Hassan al-Basri's uh, fiqhi position, it's not the position of the Jamhur, but it was his position that that person who leaves the salam of Ammadan, that person who deliberately leaves salah faqad kafar, that he becomes a kafir. So he said, oh woman, you know that I believe that anybody who deliberately doesn't pray their salah, they become a kafir, and I will not pray janazah over a kafir, and because your son deliberately leaves the salah, so I will not leave the salah janazah over him. So imagine again how this poor woman must have fell into sadness. 
and when the door was closed on her, then she went back to her son. When she came back to her son and the son looked up at her, he saw in her eyes what had happened. And he said on his own that, Oh mother, Sheikh Hassan Basri, he refused to come, didn't he? And she said, Yes, my son. And then he said, What about the janazah? And she said, My son, he's also refused to pray that over you. And then the son took a cold sigh, he took a deep breath and he said, Oh mother, now I truly know how despicable I am, I am in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That he doesn't even, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not wish to accept my tawbah. Allah ta'ala has not even put it in the heart of the wali of the time to come and read my janazah. Oh my mother, then I have one other last request. And the mother said, oh my son, what is it? And he said that, oh my mother, when I pass away, wrap a leash around my neck and drag my corpse all through the town in front of the people and let a crier call out that this is the fate of those people who disobey their Lord on this earth. This is the fate of those people who disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Oh my mother, perhaps if I made an example to the people, if you take me in this manner, perhaps then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala might accept my tawbah in saying that he passed away. Now imagine the condition, the tears of this mother that this last request that her son made. Shortly after, just moments after her son passed away, a knock came on the door. When the woman opened the door, she saw it was Shaykh Hassan al-Basrahimullah. And she said, Oh Shaykh, how is it that you have come? And she said, Oh woman! He said, Oh woman, know that when you left, and I continued to prepare my lesson, and then I lay down for a short nap, as is my habit. When I was lying down in my rest, a voice called out to me, and said that, Oh Hassan al-Basri, you claim to be the wali of my time, but let you refuse to pray the janazah over my wali? So, oh my mother, I have come racing here to you, and I am pleading with you, that let me do the ghusl of your son. Let me wrap the coffin on your son. Let me lay your son to the grave himself, and let me pray the janazah over him myself. My friends, it means that this young man, his tawbah was accepted. So if a young man who commits so much sin, even at the moment before he dies, he recognizes his Lord, he repents to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then my friends, tonight on this night of power, on this night of rahmah, and every single one of these nights of the last ten days is a night of power and a night of rahmah, if we turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in sincere tawbah, if we make istighfar to him, then it is not difficult for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us. May Allah ta'ala give all of us the tawfiq to be people amongst the tawabin. Wa akhira da'mana. And alhamdulillah. Wash all the sins away and change my dead heart. Wash all the filth away and clean my dead heart. Make me alive again, give me a fresh start. Wash all the sins away and change my dead heart. Make me alive again, give me a fresh start. So change my heart, please, and wash the filth away. So change my heart, please, and wash the filth away. Don't leave me drowning here alone and astray. I spent my life running away from you. I spent my life running away from you. And now I have nowhere to turn except you. 
Wash all the sins and wash all the sins away and change my dead heart. Make me alive again, give me a fresh start. I have been doing all my life what I craved. I have been doing all my life what I craved. Shaitan and nafs have always had me enslaved. But now I know the path leading me to thee. But now I know the path leading me to thee. I bow to you, am asking you to help me. Wash all the sins away and change my dead heart. Make me alive again, give me a fresh start. I wish your name to be engraved in my heart. I wish your name to be engraved in my heart. I will be grateful to you, change this dead heart. So change my heart and forgive my sins this day. Don't leave me drowning here alone and astray. I'm at your door and begging you let me in. I'm at your door and begging you let me in. <laughs> Don't push me back to my hopeless life of sin. Wash all the sins away and change my dead heart. Make me alive again, give me a fresh start. La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah. Raise your hands and hearts. Subhana Rabbi al-Hamadlam, Sanni ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين ربنا يا رب كريم ربنا يا رحم الراحمين ربنا our Lord our kind and generous Lord our nurser our treasure our sustainer Ya Allah the one who gave us every single nema that we have we are drowning in your mercies and your blessings and your bountings but Ya Allah ظلمنا أنفسنا Ya Allah we have wronged ourselves we oppressed ourselves. We have left the ways of this deen. We have stopped following the Qur'an, the Sunnah, and the Sharia. Ya Allah, we have let ourselves fall into sin. We have worshipped our nafs. We have worshipped shaitan. We have let our gaze wander. Ya Allah, Ya Allah, if you do not shower your forgiveness upon us, and if you do not shower your rahmah upon us, Ya Allah, we will be amongst the lost ones. Ya Allah, we are the sinning servants of this Ummah. Ya Allah, we are the sinning servants. Ya Allah, we are the wrongdoing servants. Ya Allah, today we do ikrar of our sins. 
نَحْنُ نُقِدُّونَ بِذُنُوبِنَا Ya Allah, we testify to the sins that we do. Allahumma innaka afuun tahibu lafwa fa'fu anna. Ya Allah, but you are the one who loves to forgive. Fa'fu anna. Ya Allah, forgive us. Wa'fir lana. Ya Allah, send your maghfirah upon us, your forgiveness upon us. Farhamna. Ya Allah, send your mercy upon us. Allahumma innaka afuun tahibu lafwa fa'fu anna. اللهم إننا نسألك الجنة الفردوس بغير حساب ونأوذ بك من النار يا الله we ask of you to grant us the jannah the fardos without any hisab and to save us from the hellfire يا الله يا أرحم الراحمين يا الله you know all the sins that we ever did يا أرحم الراحمين you know all the sins that we are still going to do يا الله but out of your rahmah you granted us to worship you in this month of Ramadan يا الله in the barakah of the Quran that was recited Ya Allah, your beloved Messenger وسلم, said that the du'as when the Qur'an are finished are accepted. Ya Allah, your Rasul spoke truly. Ya Allah, you are the most true ones. Ya Allah, please honor our du'as in the barakah of the Qur'an. Ya Allah, let us become people who understand the meanings of the Qur'an. Ya Allah, let us become amil Qur'an, let us practice the Qur'an. Let us become alif Qur'an, let us understand the deep meanings of the Qur'an. Let us become ashik Qur'an. Ya Allah, let us have a deep love and a muhamba for the Qur'an. Ya Allah, let our day or nights be transformed by this Qur'an. Ya Allah, let us not die until we have been able to do amal on each and every single ayah of Qur'an. Ya Allah, let us not pass away until we do amal on each and every ayah of this Qur'an. Ya Allah, in the barakah of this month, on the barakah of your rahmah, on the barakah of the rahmatan al-alameen, ya the barakah of this Qur'an, Ya Allah, we ask you to forgive us for all of our sins. Ya Allah, forgive us for the sins that we committed in the day. Forgive us for the sins that we committed at night. Ya Allah, forgive us for the sins that we committed in the past. Forgive us for the sins that we still do in the present. Forgive us for the sins that we may yet do in the future. Ya Allah, forgive us for the sins that we did alone. Forgive us for all the hiding that we did for our sins. Forgive us for all the concealing that we did for our sins. Forgive us for all the lying that we did to cover up our sins. Ya Allah, forgive us for the sins that we did in the depth of the night. Forgive us for the sins that we did in the brightness of the day. Forgive us for the sins that we did in the company of others. Ya Allah, forgive us for the sins that we did to ourselves. And forgive us for the sins that we did to one another. Ya Alhamdulillah, Rahimin, forgive us for all of our sins. And out of your rahmah, keep us firm on this tawbah. Ya Allah, keep us away from the people of sin. Let us keep us away from the friends of sin. Keep us away from the whisperings of sin. Save us from the temptations of this society of sin. Ya Allah, you Alhamdulillah, Ya Sattar, you covered our sins. Ya Allah, you concealed and hid our sins. Ya Allah, you veiled our sins. Ya Allah, if we sinned once with our eyes, it was your haq to blind us. But Ya Allah, you kept, kept giving us this net of sight. Ya Allah, if we sinned once with our tongue, it was your haq to mute us. But Ya Allah, you kept giving us this barakah, this net of speech. Ya Allah, we beg of you to continue us in our netmas. We beg of you to forgive us for the sins that we committed with our tongue. Ya Allah, forgive us for the sins that we committed with our ears. Forgive us for the sins that we committed with our hands. Forgive us for the sins that we committed with our bodies. Ya Alhamdulillah, you are so merciful. Ya Allah, when we take our clothes off to sin, Ya Allah, you put them back on. Ya Allah, when we hide ourselves to sin, Ya Allah, you let us show our faces again in public. Ya Allah, when we make ourselves dhaliyah, when we disgrace ourselves in front of you, Ya Allah, you still present us with honor in front of the people. Ya Allah, forgive us for all the sins that we ever did. Forgive us for the zilla that we have attained. Ya Allah, after giving us izzah, let us never fall into zilla. After getting us ill, let us never fall into jahala. 
after giving us hidayah, let us never fall into dalala. Ya Allah, Ya Hamalahimin, you have been so kind on us. Ya Allah, forgive us for our sins. Ya Allah, do not expose our sins on the day of judgment. Ya Allah, let us not be a means of delaying Rasulullah Sallallahu into Jannah. Ya Allah, let us be amongst the hibbah of the Rasul. Let us be amongst those beloved people. Ya Allah, Rasul Sam yearn to meet them and they yearn to meet him. Ya Allah, let us live up to the legacy of the Sunnah and Sharia. Ya Allah, on the Day of Judgment, do not us be exposed in front of the mothers. Ya Allah, no daughter wishes to be made naked in front of her mother. No son wishes to be made naked in front of his mother. Ya Allah, do not make us naked in front of the Ummahatul Mu'mineen. Ya Allah, do not let Sayyidina Khadija and Sayyidina Aisha see our sins. Ya Allah, do not show Sayyidina Fatima what we used to do with our eyes. Ya Allah, hide our sins from the Ummahatul Mu'mineen. Ya Allah, hide our sins from the Ummahatul Mu'mineen. Ya Sitar, Ya Kareem, you hid our sins from our mothers in this world. Ya Allah, hide our sins from the Ummahatul Mu'mineen on the Day of Judgment. Ya Allah, hide our sins from Sayyidina Aisha and Sayyidina Khadija, from Sayyidina Fatima and Sayyidina Zainab. Ya Allah, what will be our condition if they see our sin? What will be the condition if they see what we used to do with our hands? If they see what we used to do in the middle of the night? If they see where we directed our gaze? Ya Allah, what will be the condition of Sayyidina Abu Bakr and Sayyidina Omar if they see the interests that we consumed? If they see the lies that we tell? If they see the backbending that we do? Ya Alhamdulillah, shower your mercy upon us this day. Ya Allah, cleanse us this night. Yell in the power and the barakah of this night. Ya Allah, your beloved messenger Sallallahu said that the person who asked you to forgive him this night, Ya Allah, you will forgive him on this night. Ya Allah, we invoke the ayah that gave hope to Abu Bakr. We invoke the ayah that gave hope to Umar. Ya Allah, we invoke the ayah that gave hope to Uthman. And we invoke the ayah that gave hope to Ali. And we invoke the ayah that gave hope to Imam Al-Qurtubi. And we invoke the ayah that gave hope to all of your son of Sanahin. And to all of the Muttikin. And to all of the Mu'mineen and the Muslimin. Ya Allah, let us also be treated according to those ayat. Ya Ghafid al Ya Allah, forgive our sins. Ya Qabil al-Tawmi, Ya Allah, accept our tawbah. Ya Allah, Ya Alhamdulillah, Rahimin. Ya Allah, we Allah, send your mercy upon us and Forgive us for all of our sins. Ya Allah, do not lapse into our old ways. Ya Allah, how many Ramadans will be passed before we change? Ya Allah, how many nights of the Qadr will pass before we change? How many times will we fail to tap into the power of these nights? Ya Allah, we beg of you, let us get the power of this night. Let us get the fazila and the ajr and the thawab of this night. Ya Allah, change our sins. Ya Allah, change everything that we did. Ya Allah, you can change our sins into good deeds. Ya Allah, change all of our sins into good deeds. Ya Allah, forgive us for all the things that we did. Forgive us for most of all for the deception that we gave ourselves. Forgive us for fooling ourselves that we were pious. Ya Allah, save us from the nifaq. Ya Allah, we may follow your sunnah on our faces, but Ya Allah, you know the cases of our heart. Ya Allah, save us from being amongst the munafikeen. Ya Allah, purify us from our nifaq on this night. Purify us from our hypocrisy. Purify us from our re'ar, our show, our display, our ostentation. Ya Allah, and purify us from our hasad. Ya Allah, let us not have hasad for any of our fellow believers. Let us not have envy or jealousy for our fellow believers. Let us purify us from the malice and hatred, the bugas that we have in our sina, the bugas that we have in our sudur, in our breasts. Ya Allah, purify us from all our sins. Ya Allah, take away the ujub, the kibr, the takabr from our hearts. Take away the arrogance and pride from our hearts. Ya Allah, let us be humble. Let us be humble before you and humble before one another. Let us be humble before this Quran, this sunnah and sharia. Ya Allah, make us in such a way that is pleasing to you. Ya Allah, on this night we ask only of you, we ask you only of you. Allahumma inna nas'aluka minka. Allahumma inna nas'aluka anta. Allahumma inna nas'aluka ridaka. Allahumma inna nas'aluka hubbaka wa hubba man yuhibbuk. 
Allahumma inna nasaluka talba liqa'ik. Ya Allah, we ask of you to increase in our love for you. Ya Allah, we ask of you tonight only that we be made pleasing to you. Ya Allah, transform us from the tips of our hair to the soles of our feet <coughs> in a way that is pleasing to you. Ya Allah, we seek only the pleasure of your countenance on that day. On that day, we shake the shade of your throne on that day. Ya Allah, your beloved Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, when people from different parts gather for your remembrance, and they meet one another for your love, and they part with one another in your name, Ya Allah, you will grant them the shade of your throne on the day of judgment. Ya Allah, the people gathered here today, they only met one another for your sake. Ya Allah, grant us all the shade of your throne on the day of judgment. Ya Allah, your beloved Messenger said that you said that you are with your servant when he draws near to you. If he comes to you handspin, you come to him in arm's length. If he comes walking to you, that you come to him running. Ya Allah, these people, we all walked to the masjid. Some of us drove to the masjid. Some of us flew in from faraway states to be part of this gathering. Ya Allah, send your mercy flying towards us. Ya Allah, encompass in your mercy. Ya Allah, drown our sins and wash them away in your mercy. Ya Allah, purify our hearts. Ya Allah, soften our hearts to your remembrance. Ya Allah, make us amongst the zakirin al-kathira wa zakirat. Ya Allah, make us amongst the people who remember you abundantly. Ya Allah, soften our hearts to your ibadah. Ya Allah, make the most pleasing thing, the most beloved thing in our eyes our iman and our deen. Make the pleasing, most pleasing thing to us in our life the salah and the Quran and our dhikr and our dua. Ya Allah, put the laza in our salah. Ya Allah, put the sweet taste of worship back in our ibadat. Ya Allah, how long will we worship you heedlessly? How long will we worship you unknowingly? Ya Allah, we are ashamed of the salah that we prayed. But Ya Allah, we ask of you, your rahmah, to accept our salah, to accept our taraweeh, to accept our qiyam, to accept the talawah of the young hufaz, to accept the sima' of all the muqtadis here. Ya Allah, on this blessed month of Ramadan, Ya Allah, how many of your believers must have worshipped you in this month? Ya Allah, on the nisbat of them, that we too are their fellow believers, even though we might not have had the ikhlas of them, Ya Allah, we invoke the nisbat that we have with them as their fellow believers, that Ya Allah, accept us in this month as well. Ya Allah, make us free from the hellfire in this month as well. Ya Rahman forgive all of us for our sins. Ya Allah, forgive us for the interest that we consume. Ya Allah, give us the tawfiq, open up our minds, open us our hearts to the reality of the Sharia. Ya Allah, incline our hearts to the Sharia. Ya Allah, make the Sharia the most beloved thing to each and every one of us as individuals and as a jama'ah. Ya Allah, bless this masjid. Make this masjid a gathering of the people of taqwa. Ya Allah, fill the halls of this masjid with the people of taqwa forever. Ya Allah, make this masjid a shining light of the Quran, Sunnah, and Sharia. Ya Allah, reward all those who establish this masjid, who perpetuate this masjid, who help this masjid in any way. Ya Allah, reward even those people who simply look upon this masjid with a glance of love. Reward all those people who keep this masjid in their du'as. Ya Allah, consider this masjid a branch of the Baytullah. Consider this masjid a daughter of the Haram of the Kaaba. Ya Allah, protect it and safeguard it as you safeguard the Kaaba. Ya Allah, safeguard the Haramain Sharifain. Ya Allah, safeguard all the pious Muslim lands, all the holy Muslim lands. And each and every Muslim land is sacred if it has Muslims in it. Ya Allah, safeguard us from those who would wish us ill. Ya Allah, put Hidayah in their hearts. Ya Allah, and those who have no Hidayah coming to them, Ya Allah, remove them from this earth. Ya Allah, remove their evil effects on us. Ya Allah, we pray for all the needy Muslims over the world. We pray for all the oppressed Muslims. Muslims over the world. Ya Allah, shower your rahmah upon them. Ya Allah, on this days when some Muslims are being attacked, Ya Allah, shower your rahmah upon them wherever they may be. Ya Allah, shower upon the rahmah upon the oppressed. Ya Allah, accept the du'as of the oppressed. Ya Allah, let their du'as raise to the heavens and go above the arsh. Ya Allah, accept their du'as. Ya Allah, grant them sabri jameel. Grant them the most exalted patience. Ya Allah, do not let our sins be a means of punishing our fellow Muslims. Ya Allah, let our sins in the night not be a means of our Muslim sisters getting raped. 
Ya Allah, the sinful things that we see in the computer be a means of our own Muslim sisters getting raped. Ya Allah, let not the sins that we do in this world be a means of our fellow Muslims getting punished. Ya Allah, forgive us for our sins. Ya Allah, we beg of you to forgive us for our sins on this night and let us not be a means of our fellow Muslims getting punished in this world or in the Akhirah. Ya Allah, forgive us for all the sins that we ever did. Ya Allah, those of us who may be ill, grant them health. Ya Allah, those of us who are needy, grant them the risk ikhlaat. They have the purest and noblest forms of wealth. Ya Allah, those who have any obstacles facing us in the deen, Ya Allah, remove all of our obstacles. Ya Allah, those of us who have yearning, who have talab, who have ragbat, who have desire to come close to you, Ya Allah, always put the tajalli out of bust, always put your openness and your kindness and your mercy upon us. Always let us feel and experience you in our salah and our sajda. Ya Allah, when will we offer that sajda in which we feel you? Ya Allah, please let us feel you in our sajda. Let us feel you in our talawa. Let our hearts tremble when your name is mentioned as you mentioned in Quran. Al-Mu'minun, إِذَا ذُقِنَ اللَّهُ وَجِلَنْ قُلُوبَهُمْ Ya Allah, let our hearts tremble and quiver when your name is mentioned before us. Ya Allah, increase us in our fear of you. Increase us in our khawf and our khashiyah. Ya Allah, let the azmat and jalala, let your azmat and jalala find a place in our hearts. Let us be aware of you. Let us have awe of you, Ya Almighty, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, let us have fear of you at each moment of the day. Make us people of taqwa, people who fear you. Make us people of taqwa, people of righteousness. Make us people of dhikr, people who remember you at all times. Ya Allah, we too want to feel your ma'iyat. Ya Allah, you said in Quran, huwa ma'akum aina ma'akuntum, that you were with us for Wherever we may be, Ya Allah, give us the ihsas and the idraq of that ma'iyat. Let us feel you as your companion each and every moment of the day. Ya Allah, let not a single moment go, we forget that you are with us. Ya Allah, you said in Quran, Nahnu akrabu ilayhim in hamla al-wareed, that you are closer to us than our crowded artery. Ya Allah, we too want to feel that qurb. We too want to feel that you are qareeb to us. Ya Allah, let us feel your nearness every moment of the day. Ya Allah, let us feel your rahmah every moment of the day. Ya Allah, we make all the du'as that Prophet all the khair that Prophet asked of you. Ya Allah, we ask that khair. All the du'as that the Sahaba, the Tabi'in, the Tabai Tabi'in asked of you. Ya Allah, accept those du'as in our haq as well. And Ya Allah, all the evils and all the fitness that the Prophet sought refuge from, Ya Allah, we seek refuge from them as well. And all the evils and fitness that the Sahaba, Tabi'in, Tabai Tabi'in sought refuge from, we sought refuge from them as well. Ya Allah, let us also be amongst this ummah. Let us also be raised amongst the people of this ummah on the Day of Judgment. Ya Allah, give us a space amongst the, in the rows of the Muslimin and the Mu'mineen in the Day of Judgment. Ya Allah, let us ask for all that we should have asked for. Ya Allah, let us include our du'as at this moment, all of our dearly departed ones, our friends, our families, our asatas, our mashayikh, and all of the Mu'mineen and the Muslimin, all of those who asked for us to make du'as, all of those who wished for us to make du'as, all of those who have made rights on any one of us that we make du'a for them, Ya Allah, accept our du'as for them, for all of their shari needs on this night. Ya Allah, accept our du'as for them wherever they may be. And Ya Allah, let the pious ones, wherever they may be, remember us in their du'as as well. Ya Allah, let the pious ones, wherever they may be, whether they're making du'as for Makkah Makarma, whether they're doing ziyarat in Medina Munawra, let us be in their du'as, let us be in their du'as as they are in ours. ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتوب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على حبيبه سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين. Before everybody goes, I just realized I forgot to mention one thing: is uh, what you should be doing this night. You should try to spend the majority of this night in Ibada. Try to pray salat al-tasbih. Make du'a, make istighfar, make tawbah, send rood salawat on the Prophet, pray some qaza salah, read the Qur'an, 
any and every type of ibadah that you can think of, try to offer one drop of that ibadah on this night. Ask Allah Ta'ala to give you the success to become a person of ibadah. Do not forget that this night Lil Taqadr might be Lil Taqdir. So make dua to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala that He grants you and decrees for you all the good things in this year to come. And He saves you from any kind of test, difficulties and illnesses on the upcoming year. Turn to Allah, do Qadr of Him this night so that we maybe also have some Qadr, some value in front of Him on the Day of Judgment.